0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Birds Birdseals Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. The Philadelphia Eagles are back in action on Monday night as they get ready for the Super Wild Card Weekend Finale, their matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN and ABC. The Philadelphia Eagles are coming in in their final push to defend their NFC title from last season. they sure don't look like the defending NFC champions, losing five of their last six to get into the playoffs, falling from as high as the number one seed at points during the season all the way down to the number five seed in the playoffs, entering as a wildcard team, limping, and it doesn't look good for this team. And fans are really concerned as to whether or not this team has it in them to make any kind of a playoff run, or whether or not it's going to be a one-and-done January for this Eagles team. So we're going to take a quick look into this game, and we're going to hopefully get ourselves ready as the team makes its own final push to try to get itself ready over the course of these next couple of days before the Eagles head on the road to face off against Tampa Bay again. And we're going to take a look at a few things that are going to need to happen in order for this Philadelphia Eagles team to instill in the city, in the fan base, in the league, any kind of confidence that they can be the team that is able to make a run in the playoffs, let alone defend the NFC title. So the first thing that's got to happen, the most important thing that's got to happen is there's got to be a big culture shift in the locker room. And that is very, very important because A.J. Brown reportedly called a players-only meeting to get the team ready for this final postseason run. And one of the things that came up was the fact, according to Fox Sports's Jay Glazer, the Eagles need to start trusting their coaches. And as pointed out by Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio, that phrasing indicates that the Eagles haven't been trusting their coaches. And that is a very, very big problem. The first of Nick Sirianni's core values is connection. And while, yes, he may say that connection is just as important as competition, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals, there's a reason why you lead with connection. And what that is is in order for you to have a connection, You have to be able to trust other people. If the players aren't trusting the coaches, then that is a problem. Now, one of the big indicators as to whether or not a coach is going to be around or whether or not the coach is going to be let go is whether or not the coach has control of the locker room. And to that point, I think that it's significant that Nick Sirianni had to fend off two questions following the New York Giants game regarding his control of the locker room and whether the locker room was behind them. Yeah, I know. I felt in that locker room that, you know, we got a lot of belief in that locker room and we know everybody. There's a lot of teams that would want to be in our position to make in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs and we're moving on into uh, to Tampa Bay. And Everything – everybody's got to give everything they got this week. Myself, the coach, starting with the coaches, putting a plan together, and then and then everybody in that locker room. We need all players, all coaches, all staff, all hands on deck, leaving everything they got in this locker room because everybody's 0 O uh, going into this week. What things do you think players still should have faith in you? Yeah, I mean, um, you mean, you can ask them that. Uh, as far as, you know, we're, we're obviously – we've lost five of our last six – Um, That doesn't discredit the rest of the season. Uh, You can ask them that question. And that's important because so much of how Jeffrey Lurie looks at a coach and how he looks at the coaching search is collaborative, including the players. He indicated after Chip Kelly got fired that the Eagles would be looking to feedback from the players. In fact, before he met with the media to discuss it, he said that he had already met with the players And he intended to continue those conversations. Now, there are already Eagles fans that are out there calling for Nick Sirianni's head. And there are already Eagles fans out there expecting and hoping that maybe one of the other head coaches who was released by their former teams is going to be coming to Philadelphia. Somebody like Mike Vrabel from the Tennessee Titans or Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots. The decision around the head coach is something that Jeffrey Lurie takes on himself While he collaborates with others, it is a decision that he himself makes. And while he does look at the trajectory of the season and the trajectory of the team, he also has made it clear that he doesn't want it to be reactionary. Now, at the end of the day, we don't know exactly how Jeffrey Lurie makes those decisions. That was something that I talked about with Greg Bishop from Sports Illustrated earlier this season, as he had an opportunity to talk with Jeffrey Lurie, And that was the one question that Jeffrey Lurie actually would not answer for him. Before the game, I went walking around the hotel with Howie Roseman for the Super Bowl cover story. And we had a cool conversation. And I was meeting with Mr. Lurie the next day. And I said, what would you ask him? And he said, how do you what's the secret to finding the right head coach? Because they made some really unpopular decisions and most of them turned out pretty good. And then how he adds, but tell him how he said, don't and say anything. And so I relayed that to Mr. Lurie, and he didn't say anything. It was actually the only thing he wouldn't talk about before the game. And so I have, <laughs> at present, I have on my idea list a mystery search involving a certain Jalen Hurts whisperer and of how a football team hires head coaches. So I may take a run with that this year. We'll see. Maybe we do it together, Joe. Now if you look at Nick Sirianni's record and accomplishments alone since he's been the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think that there's enough there to let him go. No other head coach has led the Philadelphia Eagles to three straight playoff appearances in their first three seasons. Not even Andy Reid did that, and Andy Reid led the Eagles to playoff appearances in four of his first five seasons but it still took that first season for him to get acclimated. But when you look at all of the coaches since Andy Reid, there has at least been some kind of a public perception of losing the locker room that has caused the Eagles to move on from the head coach. Chip Kelly was one of those folks. Doug Peterson was let go in the wake of the Carson Wentz saga. If the coach can't maintain control of the locker room, it is very, very problematic and very difficult for the coach to do his job. Now, at this point, the players are still saying the right things publicly. Nobody's coming out and publicly bashing Nick Sirianni as head coach. But Dallas Goddard did kind of admit on 94WIP earlier this week that the team kind of overlooked how formidable the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants were as opponents, and that is one of the reasons why the Eagles lost to teams that were significantly inferior
1: we always say we never look ahead in the schedule and we want to take it day by day. And that's exactly what we want to do. Um, But, you know, we had that hard stretch in the middle of the season and uh, you know, whether it was outside noise or, you know, you look at the schedule before the season and notice um, what looks like easy games at the end of the season games that, you know, we expected to win without doing anything. Um, So we lost, a couple of games in the hard stretch and, you know, like, it's okay. We'll win the games at the end of the year. Um, You know, the three games at the end of the year that seem really winnable. And, uh, you know, we might've overlooked it. We might've just coasted, expected our talent to win games when uh, that wasn't the scenario. So um, we have to go back and make sure we put together a good week. um, So that doesn't happen this week. That is stuff that starts with coaching. And
0: that is stuff that starts with making sure that the coaching and the locker room are all together and all united and all trust each other and all have the right culture. And if you don't have the right culture, you don't have the best team. Right now, there's a lot of noise, and the Eagles need to cut through that noise. The next big thing is going to be coming up with an answer to the Blitz. The New York Giants were blitzing Jalen Hurts all game, and really, teams that have found success against the Philadelphia Eagles have been able to do that fairly successfully. I can't tell you the number of times there were free guys in the backfield coming for Jalen, and the Eagles offense just simply hasn't had an answer for that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the top three blitz defenses in the league, and the blitz is going to cause a problem for this Eagles offense if Eagles offense can't adapt to that and can't adjust to that. Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson danced around a question regarding the Eagles offense's ability to pick up the blitz, but he did speak to the Buccaneers ability to blitz.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's done it at a high level for a really long time. Uh, you know, I think just the, the variety of of different fronts, different personnel groupings. Being able to mix and match, being able to um, to package it in a way where it looks very similar to other things that they can present, you know. So for us, you know, we really have to be on in terms of of, uh, of our identification system.
0: Jason Kelsey went on ninety four WIP earlier this week and indicated that a big part of why the Eagles haven't been doing so great
1: against the blitz is due to execution. Yeah, you know, last week. You know, we we just didn't handle the blitz. Outside of that, we moved the ball pretty good. We had some good run running game calls early. Uh, you know, we only had a you know half a football to deal with, yeah. but um, you know, I think that that was really what took us out last game was was not handling that. And I think that that's more execution and and and, and you know being in the right spot and you know Wink's good, he got us, but yeah. you know, I think it's ultimately something that we'll move forward they'd be better at next time. Now
0: the Eagles offensive line, according to pro football focus was graded the best offensive line in the league. And this is something that the Eagles will need to rely on very heavily going against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and going against this defense that is going to try to put pressure on the quarterback. The other thing that's going to need to happen offensively is the Eagles are going to need to control the pace of the game. And, That goes back to Eagles fans bullying, continuing to fight with this team and this team's reticence to run the football with any degree of consistency. You go back to the Philadelphia Eagles matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the first time, week three, the Eagles got the ball back with nine minutes and 22 seconds left in the game and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't touch the football again. Why did that happen? Because out of the 15 plays that the Philadelphia Eagles ran on that final drive, three of them were passes, and all of them were short passes. The longest one of them was an 11-yard pass to Dallas Goddard, and the only reason why it was 11 yards was because Dallas Goddard got some yards after the catch. The Philadelphia Eagles' other two passes were four and five-yard short passes. So the Eagles in order to make sure that they are controlling the pace of the game, need to run the football. And that was something that we saw the Arizona Cardinals do very successfully. So the Eagles have work to do offensively. They have to be able to respond to the blitz, and they have to be able to run the football well. Not giving up on it if it doesn't result in the explosive 10, 11-yard play every time. Those come later in the game in an effective run play. Switching things defensively a little bit, the Eagles have to be able to get off of the field on third down, and they have to be able to create red zone stops if a team is somehow able to get into the red zone. And let's be honest, the Buccaneers will probably be able to get into the red zone, at least at some point during the game. The Eagles defense has experienced marginal improvement over the course of the season in the third down conversion percentage. The Eagles are now 31st in the league, 46.35% on third down conversions, but they are still also 30th in the league at 66.1% in the red zone. The Eagles defense simply cannot get off of the field in the red zone. They cannot hold opposing offenses to field goals or deny them points. Matt Patricia commented on the fact that one of the Eagles' best defensive games earlier this season was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he indicated that he wants the defense to be able to go back to being fast and aggressive when it comes to playing against opponents in the playoffs. Yeah, um, you know, I think um, early in the year, obviously, um, all the teams are a little bit different than they are late in the year, for sure. Um, you know, that was that was you know, a good game for us from that aspect of it. Um, you know, I think we just want to make sure this week we're going back to, you know, playing, um, you know, fast and aggressive. And I got to do a good job of making sure that the defense is in a position to do that. I think from that aspect of it, um, you know, to make sure we're, we're ready to go. It's it's interesting, you know, any year any year you watch a season of football and you're 18 weeks later than where you were when you look at a tape earlier in the year, um, it tends to look different. You know, whether it's offense, defense or special teams, um, you know, there is a factor there that goes on of, of the season and you you know, we're just going to make sure we give our best effort to that this week, too, so that we look as close to that as possible. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, I think we can play fast and aggressive. Yes, absolutely. I'm answer that for you first uh, from that start, uh, standpoint. And the Eagles' defense is going to have to contend with a Buccaneers offense that, while they are a very middle-of-the-pack offense, a very bottom-of-the-pack in certain statistics, feels like it's coming in playing the hot hand. The Buccaneers have won five of their last six games. And while they did struggle in their season finale against the Carolina Panthers, only defeating them by 9 to nothing, the fact that the Buccaneers have won 5 of their last 6 games while the Eagles have lost 5 of their last 6 games means that the Eagles need to enter this game as if they have a fire lit under them. Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sure going to. Now, the Eagles are still a little bit banged up at this point, Reed Blankenship, A.J. Brown, and Sidney Brown all have not participated in practice through Friday's practice. A.J. Brown did delete his Twitter profile and did delete any references to the Eagles on his Instagram profile. So there is definitely question as to what's going on there. Either he is locking in, trying to make sure that he is able to participate in the game on Monday night, or he's going to be looking for a way out who knows, but at this particular moment in time, Eagles fans certainly hopeful that he is going to find himself ready to play. Other players do seem to be getting themselves in a better position. Jalen Hurts was a full participant in practice on Friday, which means that he was throwing, and hopefully he was throwing well after injuring his middle finger. Darius Slay, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, all going to be back, it looks like. Both of them were full participants in practice, both Thursday and Friday. Really, the only person who's been limited over the course of both Thursday and Friday was Britton Covey, and certainly it's hopeful that he's going to return because he has been a stellar punt returner this season. On the Buccaneers' side of things, as of Friday evening's injury report, The biggest concern for the Buccaneers is Baker Mayfield, who is dealing with an ankle and a rib injury. He was limited in practice on Friday after not participating at all on Thursday. The trend right now looks like he will be back for the game on Monday night. We'll see what happens. A number of other players were dealing with injuries through the week for the Buccaneers, but they all seem to be, again, trending in the direction of being able to participate on Monday night. Certainly a big concern for the Buccaneers as well as Chris Godwin, who was dealing with a knee injury, but he was also resting that knee, so he didn't participate in practice on Friday, wasn't listed at all on the injury report on Thursday, so we'll see how things pan out there. But the bottom line is the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have to be the team that plays more disciplined football, that plays more consistent football, that plays football that speaks to the fundamentals of the game, another one of Nick Sirianni's core values, the Eagles need to get back to the fundamentals because the Eagles are the first team since the 1986 New York Jets to start the season 10-1 and and finish 1-5. and This Eagles team seems to have fallen apart at the seams and they need to get themselves back together and get themselves back into that mindset of playoff time. And while there have been some theories that the Eagles have been playing possum over the course of these last several weeks, I don't think that that's the case. But if they have been, now's the time to wake up. The Eagles right now are playing for their season. They lose this next game, and they are done. But as always, let me know what you think in the comments below. What are your thoughts going into this game? Where are you concerned Where are you excited? Is there anything that excites you about this particular team and this particular game? What are your thoughts? would love to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning in to the Bird's Nest podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media right here on YouTube and by sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please visit birdsnestmedia.com for additional Eagles coverage. And if you feel so inclined to support us in a different way, you can find the link to our Patreon in the description below, or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles!